Hey, it's another episode of Rockville Radio 7.77. And hey, we are welcoming you to our podcast this week. You know, there's a lot of confusion right now. What's going on in America, right? You look at the television. You listen to the radio. Uh, you look at the internet. You're, you're saying to yourself, I don't get it. What, who am I supposed to believe, right? And what am I supposed to believe? Because all that's going on right now points to a lot of problems. But the question that I have, and, and this is it, is can American democracy minus Christian morality function, or does American democracy minus Christianity, Christian morals, does that equal chaos? Well, Jim Lewis is our special guest today, and uh, Jim is, he's a Christian speaker, a thinker, uh, on specializes in culture, politics, and uh, he has a blog on Facebook, so you can actually look him up, and we'll, I'll let you know about that toward the end as well. He's also taught a wonderful course over the years called Christian Citizenship. And here's the, here's the kicker. Jim and I have been friends since 1966. Can you believe that, Jim? Yes. I, <laughs> yes, I, I can believe it because I think of it often, and, and I'm grateful for it. Me too. Me too. And we, we have played in a band together um, back as far— well, we we knew each other in the 60s because we went to St. Joseph's School, Little St. Joseph's School there in Pomona. And then in the, in the 70s, in 1973, we started a band together along with another couple of friends of ours, the Lancy Brothers, Ray, Mike Lancy. And, uh, mm-hmm. and of course, now your wonderful wife, Barbara, is a part of that band because you guys have brought that band back again. I'm talking about a band called Iron Horse. That we first That's played, right. right, Jim. We first played together about 1973, and uh, but you guys have brought the band band back. So uh, we are, but we are here today because of this topic. So, Jim, let me ask you: Are people right now, with all of this that's happening, aren't they really focused on the symptoms rather than what the real cause is? What do you think, Jim? Yeah, I'm. I'm really uh, glad the way that you frame that question, because I think that's exactly what's, what's happening. Um, you know, these latest two phenomenon that have, that have kind of swept the nation, the COVID virus and this issue of this, this revival, if you will, of, of racism, yeah. both of those things are, are really just symptoms of a, of a deeper uh, problem, a deeper disease, really, in the, in the, uh, in the it's deeper, it's um it's it's a virus, if you will, that of uh, uh, you know to uh, to use the the metaphor or, or the analogy. It's a virus that goes deeper than 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 COVID. Um, so yes, you're you're right. That what we're looking at is are just the uh, the symptoms. And and if we look at our founding fathers, you know, I love the fact that uh, before we did the program, you had sent me a link to uh, Wall Builders, which is a marvelous marvelous ministry, and I. I urge you, the listener, to go to their website and uh, examine this to see if you're if you're doubting what we're sharing with you. We would like to challenge you to go there and uh, listen to David Barton speak. But he, through this video that Jim had sent me, uh, it talked about the removal of prayer in school, which happened in 1962 and 1963. But if we go way back to the beginning of the country, we find that our founding fathers, right, Jim? 
they mm-hmm. they knew in advance that America could not function the way that it is now. And I'm going to read to them a quote from George Washington from his farewell address. George Washington said, and let us with caution indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. Let's also go to another quote from our second president, John Adams, who said this, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And then finally, from Robert Winthrop. He was the Speaker of the House of Representatives who said this, men in a word must necessarily be controlled either by a power within them or by a power without them, either by the word of God or by the strong arm of man, either by the Bible or by the bayonet. What, what do you think about all of these uh, quotes, Jim? Yeah, this this is this the distilled wisdom of the founders. I, I recognize all three of those quotes. As, as a matter of fact, one of them, um, John, John, the, the John Adams quote that you read, the, the rest of, of that quote says, uh, avarice, ambition, revenge, or even gallantry would break the strongest cords of the Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Wow. Our Constitution wow. was made for only a moral and religious people is wholly inadequate for any other. These guys understood human nature, um, yes. and human nature as as uh, uh, illuminated from the Scripture, and that really is the only place where you can really begin to understand the human nature and and the depravity of it. Uh, what is it the uh, the Scripture that says the heart of heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it is the question that is asked there. Well, who can know it is God. God is the one who can know it. And how we begin to understand is that we have conversation with him, and, and he begins to illuminate the, that, the darker parts of our, of our soul. Um, and that is why they're saying that um, you, can, you can have laws, uh, you can have the Ten Commandments even displayed, but unless you allow the the work to be done on you on the inside, and I think this is what Winthrop was getting at. Um, uh, unless you allow the work to be done on you on the inside, the laws really they're they're second best. They can they can provide a guardrail for you, is so to speak. But we know that. Uh, all you have to do is drive down the freeway and see the speed limit sign, and and uh, and you know if you've got some place to go, um, you're going to go faster than that speed limit sign. So uh, the human heart will will figure out a way to go around a written law. Yes. So it really requires something more than just written law to to guide uh, to guide human endeavor. And enter, enter the Bible and the first educational system we had. So now we, now we know that, well, the, how the founders felt about that. And so the people at the beginning of the country established an educational system that would help people. And uh, I'm talking about the very beginning of, in the colonial times, they had this law that was called the Old Deluder Satan Act. This was in 1647. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. this law was 
It says, because Satan assuredly would try to keep people from the understanding of the scriptures properly. Now, I'm quoting you, I'm quoting you from a textbook uh, as a, I was uh, a teacher for 24 years. And in 1991, I took a course, which I was required to take, and it called Introduction to Education. And in my very, in my textbook, which was from uh, Cal State San Bernardino, what I just read was in this textbook. Because even then, even in the early 90s, they still valued, valued the early beginning of our um, system. And those founders, as we, as we said, they tried to set it up in a way that people would be exposed to the Bible. They had a little booklet called the New England Primer, in which uh, the children had to read about Adam and Eve, and they had to read uh, different lessons that were biblically based. And this is, of course, at the beginning of our uh, country. But as we know, as, as I'm sure Jim could verify as well, that in 1962 and in 1963, I mean, the unraveling of that began before that. But specifically, in 1962, there was a case called Engel versus Vitale. Am I right about that, Jim? Yes. And that is where the uh, Supreme Court ruled against the uh, non-denominational prayer, and uh, it, the Supreme Court held that Bible reading and prayer violated the clauses of the First Amendment. And so we began this unraveling of what the founders knew needed to be done to create a foundation for America. Um, what do you think about that, Jim? Yeah, um, I, I did a little... Uh, re- uh, re- reminder of myself uh, by visiting Barton's website yesterday, and I yeah I, I think it's what I sent you where it um, and it, really you can't um, uh, you can't do it justice on on the radio right. the the graphs and the charts really give you a visual where you can see these various um, uh, oh what. Uh, uh, human uh, human endeavors or, or things that uh, things that they were tracking. Uh, say, I think it starts the chart starts about 1950 and it goes up into the two, early 2000s when this study was done. And you can see how the, the the either the straight line or actually the decline of things like uh, birth rate for unwed mothers sexually transmitted diseases, premarital sexual activity, the divorce rate, um, things such as fat scores, violent crime. Anyway, if you look at the, the, uh, the trend up until 1962, um, uh, the, the things that you wanted to, uh, to not go up were actually holding pretty steady, a straight line. In other words, the, uh, the birth rate for unwed mothers was fairly, fairly consistent. In 1962, you see you see it um, do the hockey stick and begin going up. And same yes. thing with all of these other uh, with all these other um, measures that they were taking. The SAT scores, on the other hand, um, uh, whereas they were holding pretty much to a straight line, they went down. Um, the yes. violent crime count, the you know, pretty much again straight line after 1962 went up. So, you know, a reasonable person can't help but look at this. And to say that there, what was that? That there is some sort of a correlation between um, uh, whether or not God is being acknowledged um, 
or whether he is being taken out of the equation, having an effect on on human uh, human relationships and human behavior. Yes, and uh, twenty five years ago, I I happened to um, in my collection of books here. So even going back twenty five years ago, uh, so if we come up to the year nineteen ninety five. So here, so here, Jim and I are talking about we're talking about 1962, and that those two 63 and 62, there were two cases actually where they uh, threw Bible reading and prayer out of the public schools. Which again, like we're saying, that's the foundation. If you want to, if you want to destroy a country's foundation, destroy the public school. Uh, mm-hmm. By and large, that's what's going to happen. You're going to destroy the foundation of a country, especially as we had mentioned earlier considering that the founders of America all felt that Christian morality had to be part of a democracy. But 25 years ago, even, this book that was called Postmodern Times by Gene Veith, so uh, we're talking about 1995, he stated in a poll at that time, in 1995, 66% of Americans believed there was no such thing as absolute truth. And among young adults at that time, the percentage was 72%. They did not believe there was absolute truth between the ages of 18 and 25. Now, that's 25 years ago. And a little bit farther back than 1995, in 1976, Dr. Francis Schaeffer, who wrote a book called How Should We Then Live?, which was an examination of Western culture back to the time of the Roman Empire. He said this, he said that, The Christians not only had knowledge about the universe and mankind that people cannot find out by themselves, but they had absolute universal values by which to live and by which to judge the society and the political state in which they lived. And they had grounds for the basic dignity and value of the individual as being unique and made in the image of God. So, throwing everything out. Or, or the beginning of, of all of this in 1962-63, the whole idea that you could divorce democracy from Christian morality. And then you come up to 1995, where you have this large percent of a percentage of people with not believing in absolute truth. And now you are where you are now, where we are now, where people are scratching their heads trying to figure out what the answers are. So, Jim, should people be trying to reinvent the wheel right now? Well, they will continue to reinvent the wheel and continue to spiral downward unless we can get the get the compass uh, re- restored. It, the, what what you've been talking about is you know what is called postmodernism yes. and moral moral relativism. You know the uh, and again because nothing is nothing is new under the sun. The Book of Judges said it this way: Every man did what was right in his own eyes. That's right. Um, our we we have a broken moral compass because people have un disconnected themselves from the moorings of of the Scripture, and so we have drifted off out into the ocean of uh, of our, our what we think or or even worse, what we feel is right. Yes. Um, there, there's a, there's this moral relativism. The, this, the saying that I enjoy is a uh, feet firmly planted in midair. 
And, and that, that is what has happened to a great portion of the society. Um, and you even find um, Christians yeah. being um, persuaded with, with this based on feeling and emotion. Um, you, uh, if, you, if, if, you, if you allow your emotions to carry you away without the anchor of the Scripture, um, you can get into all sorts of trouble. And that's why I say I think it, it's, it will continue as long as uh, that, por- that portion of the population stays, or a large portion, stays disconnected, unanchored, unmoored, uh, w- w- trying to find their way with a broken compass, a needle with a needle that's not pointing. That it doesn't know where north is. It's like it's lost its... its um, uh, uh, ability to see where true north is. So that there's a portion of the society that will continue down that path. Yes. And the thing is, they tend to even sweep up um, by, by sheer force, like it's like a tsunami force. Um, you can even sweep uh, with it uh, the Christians who are otherwise grounded in the Word um, and I guess this is where Paul gives his ad- admonition, you know, in Ephesians about um, not being tossed to and fro about every wind of doctrine, and then I'm going to add about every uh, about every whim of feeling, uh, because there's so much is based on feeling today. Uh, and I wanted to give this also. Jesus said this, so I, I like what you said, Jim, about the broken moral compass, and uh, I like what you're saying, too, the—, the uh, Everything you're saying. And to the Christian, let me, let me give you the Christian or the non-Christian. If you're not sure which, which way is up, which way is down, which way is north, which way is south, east, west. Jesus said this in Matthew 7. Jesus said in verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and burst against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded upon the rock. And Jesus was saying, you looking for a solid foundation? Here it is. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so, I think, like you've, like you've said, Jim, and like we're trying to share with people here, America had a solid foundation. That foundation was Jesus. And America's that is what that is what you need. And uh, Right. You know, Bill, I think of, this makes me think about um what we call um the um the Magna Carta Oh yes. Uh, of the Bible, the book of Galatians. Yes. Um where where uh, where I hear Paul saying, "Who has bewitched you, O foolish Galatians?" Yes. I, I I'm I'm wanting really to to make that same appeal to uh, to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. Um, yes. That uh, the ones who are getting caught up in in the sort of the spirit of the age, you know, the, the zeitgeist of the age. Yes. Um, that we we have the answers, and uh, and and we. We just need to keep uh, to hold fast uh, to to those things, and not to be persuaded um, away from them um, in in a manner to um, uh, to make people 
want to like us so much. And, yes. and there, there is a, um, there really is a, a way forward, a, a way of wisdom forward that the, uh, the fear of man really gets in the way of, yes. you know, when you want to give truth to someone yet it, you know, it, it, it may, um, upset something in their lives. Uh, how do you do that? Um, w- without seeming, um, the, here's the word judgmental, right? And we we tend to want to run from giving the truth um, uh, because it may hurt someone or turn someone off. And it ma- it made me think of the story of Jesus and the rich young ruler, who when the uh, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and asked him. He said, look, I've been keeping the commandments of what more must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, well, if you would sell all that you have and come and follow me, come be my disciple. And it says that the rich young ruler walked away sad. He yes. made a decision. Um, Jesus' Jesus's invitation actually divided him. The, the, the man chose on his own not to follow Jesus. And you notice Jesus' reaction. He didn't run after him and try to gain the, the man's um, approval or to turn the question another way that maybe make it more palatable. Um, so this really is the, a prayer that I'm beginning to take on because I, I tend to be a, a people pleaser. Yes. You know, uh, you, you, you've known me since we were 10 years old, Bill. Yes, yes. And you, you, you know my disposition. I, I'm not a guy who. Um, I'm, I don't like confrontation. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, and, and normally, you know, I'm kind of uh, easygoing, Jim, go along to get along. Yes. Um, but the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in me most lately is it, it really is coming from a place of having a more secure relationship with God such that I can give out what may be painful truth. And just let that let the person deal with that, and not to have to um, uh, not not need their approval for me holding on the truth. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, think of that for a minute. You know, uh, right. I I need I need your approval right. to hold on to truth. Well, the Bible. Well, that's what we're. Yeah, yeah. Go, Jim, go ahead. If I could just can I because you're you're. Uh, that's a hot butt with me too, because I I happen to be the same way. And so, I, if I can just inter- interrupt and in, just for one second, Jim, Galatians one ten, it says, mm-hmm. "Am I still trying to please people, or am I trying to please God?" And if there I'm, you go. And it says this: If I'm trying to please people, then I'm not a servant of Christ. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're right. We, you and yeah. I, I know I'm guilty of that too. I'm guilty of that. Too. Mm-hmm. You're right. We, yeah. So. So I mean, just so people know that the knife cuts both ways. That's I right. mean, we um, we love the word, but it it hurts us sometimes. It cuts against our our first nature. So, and God's trying to prune us. He's yeah. he he loves us. He wants us to bear good fruit. So, when He tells us something that's hard, it's it's for it's for our good. Yes. So I think I I like to do two things right now, Jim. Uh, I okay. like to ask you to pray for. Uh, I'm going to pray. I'll I'll go first, and I'll pray for our country that they'll okay. their eyes will be open, and that they will see that they need to return to that foundation that Jesus talked about. And secondly, yes. Amen. that mm-hmm. you would lead somebody in prayer who doesn't know Jesus. 
So Okay, I would love to do that, yeah. Lord, uh, Jim and myself, we want to pray for America right now. Uh, yes. We've, we've uh, spent some minutes here talking to our country, and, uh, and outside of here as well, because I know this goes worldwide. But specifically for America, Lord, I pray, it was very clear to the founders of this country that you had to be that rock. You had to be the cornerstone or else a democracy, a system of representative representative government would not work any other way because there has to be a moral compass. I pray that you would restore this nation, Lord, to you, that people would repent and they would come back to you. And they would invite you back into the schoolhouse, back into the, some of them, it's the church house even, and um, mm-hmm. all of the houses, all of the houses Lord, in this country that have kicked you out, Lord, please, Lord, help us, Lord, bring about a national revival, Lord, before it's too late, yeah. Lord. In Jesus' mm-hmm. name, I pray this prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Father, we know that um, a revival starts one person at a time. And so I pray for the individual listener who is who is hearing this this broadcast. Um, Father, you, I'm, I'm thinking about the picture of how when your disciples, after you after you were uh, murdered on the cross, um, your disciples were hiding in a room because they didn't know what was happening next, and. Uh, they had they had walled themselves in, um, but you came through the wall, Lord, and you had just you appeared right in their midst. So we all, God, I'm I'm no different than the, than the listener who has never accepted Christ, who has never started a relationship with you. You take me. You have taken me on such a journey that I still. I there are times that I still find myself walling myself off from you for one reason or another, because I'm fearful of this or that or the other thing. But you have managed to find a way through those walls and, and into into my heart, and, and you've given me the confidence that you are here with me and that you will walk through whatever it is that uh, is, is in front of me. So I, I pray for you, dear listener, that, um, that the truth of this experience will uh, be illuminated in your life, that you would know that the Jesus who walks through walls, who is willing to walk with you right from where you are, um, and that he will lead you and guide you. His Holy Spirit will will, um, show you the, the, the way to go if you really want it, but it's your choice. You can be that rich young ruler. He gives you that choice. You can say that, well, I've considered everything that that you have, but um, no, nah, that's not for me. That's up to you. Um, and, but there's there's an eternity of an adventure waiting for you should you should you choose to accept Jesus. So I pray for you right now to be able to do that. And the Holy Spirit, I I know that you will. You you are relentless. Um, and you don't let go easily. So you will. You are the hound of heaven who will continue to um, uh, be a presence over every person's life who is in the sound within the sound of this message. Uh, I, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you are Amen. interested in following up with Jim, 
Again, he is uh, on Facebook quite regularly, and uh, a lot of times he's blogging, he's posting, he's sometimes doing videos on there. So you can look him up on Facebook by just simply going there and typing in uh, Jim Jim Lewis, right? Is it just under Jim? Uh, or James, uh, James V. Actually, Lewis? Uh, yeah, that's it. James V. as in Victor Lewis. James, so please go to Facebook, uh, look for James V. Lewis. You can uh, talk with him there. He'd be happy to talk with you. And if you made a decision today, we'd be happy to know that. And if, if you want to let me know that, uh, my email is Rockville Radio, one word, Rockville Radio, 77737s at gmail.com. We thank you so much for listening. Jim, thanks, thanks so much for being a guest. Oh, 